0: Today is February the 5th. Today, we read the book of the law. we read through the Bible in a year, I'd like you to read chapter Exodus chapters 21 through 23. This section is known as the book of the law. Now it occurs right after the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are kind of a global uh, 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 morality check. Uh, this is the way you are to live. But from 21 to 23, we get actual laws. Now, there are two types of laws that are giving. One is called casuistic laws. It's laws based on a certain case if this happens here's what you're supposed to do for example look at chapter 21 verses 18 and 19 a great example of this now suppose two men quarrel one hits the other with a stone or his fist the injured person doesn't die but is confined to bed if he's later able to walk again outside even with a crutch the assailant will not be punished but must compensate his victim for lost wages and provide for his full recovery. If this happens, here's what you're supposed to do. The other is a much rarer form of law, especially at this time in the ancient Middle East. It's called apodictic law, law that is intended to uh, teach, basically. Chapter 23 verse 1, you must not pass along false rumors. That does not say if this happens, do that. It simply says don't do that. Uh, you must not cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. Uh, it, it teaches us something. It is, uh, uh, intended to direct us, not To give us a case. Now, the question as to why these laws comes up. The why we find in chapter 19, when this whole thing began, chapter 19, verses 5 and 6, uh, God says to Israel, Now, if you'll obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth, for all the earth belongs to me. You'll be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. We are to obey the law because it makes us different. It makes us holy. It makes us like God. Enjoy today as you read Exodus 21 through 23.
1: These are the regulations you must present to Israel. If you buy a Hebrew slave, may he serve for no more than six years, set him free in the seventh year, and he will owe you nothing for his freedom. If he was single when he became your slave, he shall leave single. But if he was married before he became a slave, then his wife must be freed with him. If his master gave him a wife while he was a slave, and they had sons or daughters, then only the man will be free in the seventh year but his wife and children will still belong to his master. But the slave may declare, I love my master, my wife, and my children. I do not want to go free. If he does this, his master shall present him before God. Then his master must take him to the door or doorpost and publicly pierce his ear with an awe. After that, the slave will serve his master for life. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, she will not be freed at the end of the six years as the men are. If she does not satisfy her owner, she must allow herself to be bought back again. But he is not allowed to sell her to foreigners, since he is the one who broke the contract with her. But if the slave's owner arranges for her to marry his son, he may no longer treat her as a slave, but as a daughter. If a man who is married to a slave wife takes another wife for himself, he must not neglect the rights of the first wife to food, clothing, and sexual intimacy. If he fails in any of these three obligations, she may leave as a free woman without making any payment. Anyone who assaults or kills another person must be put to death. But if it was simply an accident permitted by God, I will appoint a place of refuge, where the slayer can run for safety. However, if someone deliberately kills another person, then the slayer must be dragged even from my altar and be put to death. Anyone who strikes father or mother must be put to death. Kidnappers must be put to death whether they are caught in the possession of their victim or have already sold them as slaves. Anyone who dishonors father or mother must be put to death. Now suppose two men quarrel. One hits the other with a stone or fist, and the injured person does not die, but is confined to bed. If he is later able to walk outside again, even with a crutch, the assailant will not be punished, but must compensate the victim for lost wages and provide for his full recovery. If a man beats his male or female slave with a club, and the slave dies as a result, the owner must be punished. But if the slave recovers within a day or two, then the owner shall not be punished, since the slave is his property. Now suppose two men are fighting, and in the process they accidentally strike a pregnant woman so she gives birth prematurely. If no further injury results, the man who struck the woman must pay the amount of compensation the woman's husband demands and the judges approve. But if there is further injury, the punishment must match the injury, a life for a life, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot, a burn for a burn, a wound for a wound, a bruise for a bruise. If a man hits his male or female slave in the eye and the eye is blinded, he must let the slave go free to compensate for the eye. And if the man knocks out the tooth of his male or female slave, He must let the slave go free to compensate for the tooth. If an ox gores a man or woman to death, the ox must be stoned and its flesh may not be eaten. In such a case, however, the owner will not be held liable. But suppose the ox had a reputation for goring, and the owner had been informed but failed to keep it under control. If the ox then kills someone, it must be stoned, and the owner must also be put to death. However, the dead person's relatives may accept payment to compensate for the loss of life. The owner of the ox may redeem his life by paying whatever is demanded. The same regulation applies if the ox gores a boy or a girl. But if the ox gores a slave, either male or female, the animal's owner must pay the slave owner 30 silver coins, and the ox must be stoned. Suppose someone digs and uncovers a pit and fails to cover it, And then an ox or a donkey falls into it, the owner of the pit shall pay full compensation to the owner of the animal, but then he gets to keep the dead animal. If someone's ox injures a neighbor's ox and the injured ox dies, then the two owners must sell the live ox and divide the price equally between them. They must also divide the dead animal. But if the ox had a reputation of goring, yet its owners failed to keep it under control, He must pay full compensation, a live ox for the dead one, but he may keep the dead ox. If someone steals an ox or a sheep and then kills or sells it, the thief must pay back five oxen for each ox stolen and four sheep for each sheep stolen. If a thief is caught in the act of breaking into a house and is struck and killed in the process, the person who killed the thief is not guilty of murder but if it happens in daylight, the one who killed the thief is guilty of murder. A thief who is caught must pay in full for everything he stole. If he cannot pay, he must be sold as a slave to pay for his theft. If someone steals an ox or a donkey or a sheep and it is found in the thief's possession, then the thief must pay double the value of the stolen animal. If an animal is grazing in a field or vineyard, and the owner lets it stray into someone else's field to graze, then the animal's owner must pay compensation from the best of his own grains or grapes. If you are burning thorn brushes, and the fire gets out of control and spreads into another person's field, destroying the sheaves or the uncut grain or whole crop, the one who started the fire must pay for the lost crop. Suppose someone leaves money or goods with a neighbor for safekeeping and they are stolen from the neighbor's house. If the thief is caught, the compensation is double the value of what was stolen. If the thief is not caught, the neighbor must appear before God, who will determine if he stole the property. Suppose there is a dispute between two people who both claim to own a particular ox, donkey, sheep, article of clothing, or any lost property. Both parties must come before God and the person whom God declares guilty must pay double the compensation to the other. Now suppose someone leaves a donkey, ox, sheep, or any other animal with a neighbor for safekeeping, but it dies or is injured or is taken away and no one sees what happened. The neighbor must then take an oath in the presence of the Lord. If the Lord confirms that the neighbor did not steal the property, the owner must accept the verdict and no payment will be required. But if the animal was indeed stolen, the guilty person must pay compensation to the owner. If it was torn to pieces by a wild animal, the remains of the carcass must be shown as evidence, and no compensation will be required. If someone borrows an animal from a neighbor and it is injured or dies when the owner is absent, the person who borrowed it must pay full compensation. But if the owner was present, no compensation is required and no compensation is required if the animal was rented, for this loss is covered by the rental fee. If a man seduces a virgin who is not engaged to anyone and has sex with her, he must pay the customary bride price and marry her, but if her father refuses to let him marry her, the man must still pay him the amount equal to the bride price of the virgin. You must not allow sorceresses to live. Anyone who has sexual relations with an animal must certainly be put to death. Any one who sacrifices to any god other than the Lord must be destroyed. You must not mistreat or oppress foreigners in any way. Remember, you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. You must not exploit a widow or an orphan. If you are to exploit them in any way and they cry out to me, then I will certainly hear their cry. My anger will blaze against you and I will kill you with the sword. Then your wives will be widows and your children fatherless. If you lend money to any of my people who are in need, do not charge interest as a money lender would. If you take your neighbor's cloak as security for a loan, you must return it before sunset. This coat may be the only blanket your neighbor has. How can a person sleep without it? If you do not return it, And your neighbor cries out to me for help, and I will hear, for I am merciful. You must not dishonor God or curse any of your rulers. You must not hold anything back when you give me offerings from your crops and your wine. You must give me your firstborn sons. You must also give me the firstborn of your cattle, sheep, and goats. But leave the newborn animal with its mother for seven days, then give it to me on the eighth day. You must be my holy people. Therefore, do not eat any animal that has been torn up or killed by wild animals. Throw it to the dogs. You must not pass along false rumors. You must not cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. You must not follow the crowd by doing wrong. When you are called to testify in a dispute, do not be swayed by the crowd to twist justice and do not slant your testimony in favor of a person just because that person is poor. If you come upon your enemy's ox or donkey that has strayed away, take it back to its owner. If you see that the donkey of someone who hates you has collapsed under its load, do not walk by, instead stop and help. In a lawsuit, you must not deny justice to the poor. Be sure never to charge anyone falsely with evil. Never sentence an innocent or blameless person to death, for I never declare a guilty person to be innocent. Take no bribes, for a bribe makes you ignore something that you clearly see. A bribe even makes a righteous person twist the truth. You must not oppress foreigners. You know what it is like to be a foreigner. For you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. Plant and harvest your crops for six years. But then let the land be renewed and lie uncultivated during the seventh year. Then let the poor among you harvest whatever grows on its own. Leave the rest for the wild animals to eat. The same applies to your vineyards and olive groves. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day you must stop working. This gives your ox and your donkey a chance to rest. It also allows your slaves and the foreigners living among you to be refreshed. Pay close attention to all my instructions. You must not call on the name of any other gods. Do not even speak their names. Each year you must celebrate three festivals in my honor. First, celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. For seven days the bread you eat must be without yeast. Just as I commanded you, celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time in early spring, in the month of Abib, for that is the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. No one may appear before me without an offering. Second, celebrate the festival of harvest, when you bring me the first crops of your harvest. Finally, celebrate the festival of final harvest, at the end of the harvest season, when you have harvested all the crops from your fields. At these three times each year every man in Israel must appear before the Sovereign, the Lord. You must not offer the blood of my sacrificial offerings together with any baked goods containing yeast, and do not leave the fat from the festival offerings until the next morning. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. See, I am sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey and lead you safely to the place I have prepared for you. Pay close attention to him and obey his instructions. Do not rebel against him, for he is my representative and he will not forgive your rebellion. If you are careful to obey him following all my instructions, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and I will oppose those who oppose you. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites, so you may live there, and I will destroy them completely. You must not worship the gods of these nations or serve them in any way or imitate their evil practices. Instead, you must utterly destroy them and smash their sacred pillars. You must serve only the Lord your God. If you do... I will bless you with food and water, and I will protect you from illness. There will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land, and I will give you long, full lives. I will send my terror ahead of you and create panic among all the people whose lands you invade. I will make all your enemies turn and run. I will send terror ahead of you and drive out the Hivites, Canaanites, and Hittites but I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals would multiply and threaten you. I will drive them out a little at a time until your population has increased enough to take possession of the land. I will fix your boundaries from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea, from the eastern wilderness to the Euphrates River. I will hand over to you the people now living in the land and you will drive them out ahead of you. Make no treaties with them or their gods. They must not live in your land, or they will cause you to sin against me. If you serve their gods, you will be caught in the trap of idolatry.
0: Scripture reading from the New Living Translation by Emily Herrera. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at Hope. Dot .com tomorrow we will see the sealing of the covenant